Good morning. I hope you had a good sleep. Sleep is so important to what we do. Welcome to the sacred ritual where we start our day with honoring the Lord trying to learn of him, walk in his ways. To my new listeners, I'm Danae Richardson. Welcome. To my friends and church family listening, thank you for being you in my life. God has been so good to me to bless me with so many sisters and mothers and mentors and aunties and ultimately and certainly friends right within my home local church. I'm so, so blessed. I'm so blessed. We're going to resume today in Matthew chapter 9, verse 14. Then came the disciples of John, saying, Why do the Pharisees fast oft? King James word for often. But thy disciples fast not. Now, this verse has always cracked me up a little bit. If if you live a life where fasting is a part. Good morning, Angel. If you live a life where fasting is a part of what you do, then first of all, you know that it's not easy. (laughs) And uh, you deal with all kinds of unique uh, situations when you fast. Everything from a headache to obvious hunger and irritation, annoyance, because the chemicals in your body is, you know, your blood sugar's off and everything else is off because you haven't been eating. And so, anyway, this question's always cracked me up. Why Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples fast not? I personally have always thought of this verse as as them expressing envy that uh, Jesus' disciples were not fasting. I don't know if this was envy or a legitimate question because John, John the Baptist had endorsed Christ and, and these were disciples of John asking this question. And so John the Baptist's disciples, not only did they get a raving endorsement from John the Baptist about Christ, but a couple of Christ's disciples, which would have been, I'm sure, their friends and associates, a couple of John's disciples went and followed Christ. And so maybe this was honest wondering 
a true legitimate question. Maybe they weren't just saying, if I have to, you have to. Maybe they were saying, you know, we, we know that John has endorsed you and, and we don't see your disciples fasting. Why? Like, is, is there a, a reason that we can learn from? And uh, Jesus' reply is in verse 15. Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? He's referring to himself, saying, you know, our, this is, I'm with them right now. And so they should not be bringing themselves to a place of mourning, which, by the way, is what fasting is. It's a, it's a, an acceptance of things that must die in our life, that we must shed of ourselves. And he's saying, can, can they mourn while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then shall they fast. So there's a couple of things to learn about this. One, Jesus said the time wasn't right to fast. And so I think as believers, we should recognize that there is a right time for fasting and clearly a wrong time for fasting. Jesus pointed that out. This right here was not the time for fasting. But also I want to point out that he said when the bridegroom is taken, in other words, when he himself is removed, when his body, and we know Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh, the scripture says. And so when and, and because he is God manifest in the flesh, God is everywhere at once. But we know that he said his disciples would fast. And so that is letting us know that we as Christ's disciples should be fasting. Fasting should be a part of our uh, routine, ritual, um, existence when, um, when the disciples tried to cast out a demon and they couldn't, and then Jesus was able to, and they said, why, could, why couldn't we cast them out? And Jesus said, these kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Well, the disciples had not been fasting yet. And so um, we, we know that we have the assignment of Christ in our hands now. And so therefore, we should be fasting because when we run across difficult situations, we've got to be able to handle them. And if we've not been already praying and fasting, the way Jesus had already, he didn't have to come up to the situation and then go on a fast. He had all, Jesus had already been fasting. Therefore, Jesus was in a place of authority. And so Jesus' disciples, those of us living today, following Christ, we are supposed to be fasting. And I'm not going to talk more about fasting. Uh, I will at some point because I actually quite enjoy instructing on the topic 
But in Matthew 9, 16, Jesus goes on to say something in the form of a parable. Jesus often used the physical things around them to convey spiritual things. We call them parables. It's where he, he would use either a story or a physical object to teach something that was spiritual. And in Matthew 9, 16, Jesus said, on the heels of talking about fasting, he said, no man puts a piece of new cloth onto an old garment. For that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Now, let me explain this to our modern brain. We, when we rip a shirt, we get on our phones and go to Amazon Prime. <laughs> this is what my son does anyway. My my son loves particular clothes. And if one of his faves, if something happens to it, he reorders the exact same thing from Amazon. <laughs> and, uh, you know, quick delivery, quick order, shows up the next day, boom, he's good to go. Oh, we go to Walmart or we go to, you know, Target or your place of, of choosing. Um, well, my place of choosing would be Coach or Louis Vuitton, but it's not possible. So, <laughs> uh, but in the old days, cloth was not readily available. You didn't just go down. It's not even that you, when you were making cloth, you just went down to Hobby Lobby or to Joanne's Fabric and bought you garments cloth and then made a new garment. The process was so difficult. I, one of my favorite things, my very close friends of mine know that I absolutely love following accounts on Instagram that do some part of this ancient process. One account I follow is a woman who shears um, angora rabbits and sheep for the purpose of making it into a spinnable um, yarn. And then another account that I follow is a girl who, she doesn't spin it, but she weaves it. And uh, another account I follow is the making of garments. And anyway, I just love the whole process. But right now, if somebody's going to do this ancient process, it's a hobby. It's... You know, they've gone to YouTube, they found some things, and they're doing one tiny part. And they're not necessarily, and now I do follow an account where she wears the clothes that she weaves, but in general, they're wearing the clothes that you and I wear. They're not necessarily spending their own clothes for their own families. But this process, if you knew every step, it is so labor intensive and it's just it's just amazing and so consequently when Jesus is talking here about putting a new piece of cloth into an old garment you've got to remember that clothing 
It didn't have a closet full of clothing or a drawer full of clothing. It was common to not own more than, than two or three clothing pieces, just enough so that if one garment needed to be clean, you could wear another garment while that one was being cleaned and then switch out like that, vice versa. It was a very rare upper class person that would have more garments. And even they did not have clothing the way we have clothing. And so if a person had a tear occur in their cloak, in their garment that they were, it was a part of their necessary clothing, they didn't reorder from Amazon. This was a serious process and matter because every piece of clothing was very, very important. And so what they did was they would have other cloth. And of course, you know, if you didn't want a, a, a bunch of patch patches on your clothing, then it would have to be very particularly woven into the tear. But if the patch that you were using to weave into the, the old fabric, if the patch was new and you wove that in, the first washing would cause as, as we know, as we do laundry, even in our modern machines, you've got to be careful of clothes shrinking. And so the as soon as that new patch was washed, it would it would shrink and in doing so would further rip the old garment. And so there were there were particular uh, steps that a person who was skilled in repairing an old garment would go through. And it included taking cloth and washing it and washing it and washing it to age it so that when someone needed a repair, they could take this these patches that had been washed and washed and washed and washed in preparation for the tear, and they would sew that into weave that, not just sew it. They would sew it, but it would be more of a weaving process than, than we currently use. And they would weave that into the old garment. And then when the garment's washed, nothing rips further and so I believe what Jesus was saying to these disciples of John, these disciples that had been following disciplines, ancient disciplines for a while, I believe Jesus was saying that his new disciples needed some time to go, uh, uh, a phrase that we use is go through the ringer. They had to go through some things before they were implemented in the repairs to old disciplines, such as fasting, because, of course, fasting was what brought about Jesus' description. Fasting was what brought on this whole story to begin with. Jesus didn't come to do away 
with old spiritual disciplines. Jesus said, I didn't come to, to do away with the law. I came to fulfill it. And then Jesus further demonstrated fasting and prayer and all of these, these, these outward and physical actions that connect us to the spiritual realm. And Jesus didn't do away with those spiritual disciplines. But he was saying, "These give these disciples time. When I'm gone, they will have, so to speak, been through the ringer at that point. They will have learned enough lessons. They will have uh, been in enough class. They will have gone through temptations. And, and I will have led them in how to get through those things. And so we need to take note of this and give new believers time. Give them lots of instruction. I think it's completely okay for new believers to start fasting if they want to, but we are not going to start telling them they need to when they are new to the faith. They are, they are a new cloth. God has, God has made them a new creature. And so we are not going to start immediately weaving them into the old cloth, the old cloth of fasting and prayer and, and saints who have been through battles and, and overcome the fiery trials of the enemy. And we're going to give them some time. And, and, and leaders, give leaders time and leaders if you are if you are wanting to grow in leadership if you are a natural leader and and you're you may be feeling frustrated that you don't feel completely woven in to the old garment yet you you need to let the lord do this work the lord knows when the time is right to weave you into the old garment the lord is going to give you the right lessons, the right training. He's going to allow the right the right level of, of temptations to come into your life that you can overcome and become stronger and be, and learn from your failure. And, and when the time is right, he will start weaving you into that old garment that is a valuable garment. This old way that we live is a valuable thing and he knows when the time is right to weave you into that and then let's move to verse 17 because Jesus doesn't just say that people need to be aged and through a process he verse 17 he points out another normal occurrence in that ancient time, and that is wineskins. They would take the, the skin of an animal. Of course, it would have been cleaned very much like people now will, will go hunting or will, for whatever reason, slaughter an animal. In, in my personal opinion, hopefully it's for food and good cause, but I won't make that a major part of this today. 
but they would take a clean skin of an animal. They would shape it into a, a vessel, sew the seams together, and it could be used to carry liquids. And Jesus says in verse 17, neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. So old wineskins, the reason you don't put new wine in old wineskins, you know a, 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 a hide has some elasticity to it. It will move. It will stretch for you. But if it's already been stretched because it was a previous container, then if somebody put new wine in that, those bottles would not be able to handle it. They would break. And so they would have to put new wine into new bottles, Jesus said, and both are preserved. So, this is a reference to the new things Jesus was wanting to fill humanity with. Often in scripture, the spirit of God, the infilling of the Holy Ghost is comparable and, 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 refer, and uh, referenced in the Old Testament as, as wine, new wine. On the day of Pentecost, in fact, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they said, these men are drunk. And Peter said, these are not drunk as you suppose in the middle of the day. But this is that which Joel prophesied. The Spirit of God fills us with an intoxication of sorts that makes us feel and, and not just feel, but be stronger, um, more able. It is, we are empowered by the infilling of the Holy Ghost, but God cannot put new wine into old vessels. When, when it's time for Jesus to fill us with the new things that he has, our entire lives have to be new. Jesus told Nicodemus, he had to be born again. Scripture goes on and on talking about the need for us to be new. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Romans 6.6 6 says, our old self was crucified with him. We, we've crucified the old self. We are new at our place of repentance. Ephesians 4 verse 22 says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. Get rid of your sinful nature and your former way of life, your habits, your lifestyle, your old behaviors. Why? Because it's those things are corrupted by lust and deception. And verse 23, instead let the Spirit 
renew your thoughts and attitudes. Verse 24, put on your new nature. Put it on. God has 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 paid the price for you to be a new wineskin. He makes all things new. This is a supernatural occurrence that requires us to come to a point of surrender so that we can put on our new nature. And when we take on the newness that God is trying to offer, a new lifestyle, new habits, new way of thinking, new way of of living. Here's an example of uh, um, newness. The New Testament says, let him that stole steal no more. Okay, great. That's, That's a change of lifestyle. I used to steal and now I'm choosing to live like Christ and now I'm not gonna steal anymore. But there's more. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor. Oh, now we're actually creating a new habit. I used to steal and now I'm going to follow God. So I'm not going to steal anymore, but I'm not just going to stop at the fact that I'm not stealing. Instead, I'm going to start laboring. I'm going to start working hard, working a job. Let him that stole steal no more, rather let him labor. Working with his hands, that thing which is good, that he may have to give. This is again a whole more growth that he may have to give to him that needeth. So now I'm going from a person who my lifestyle and habit was when I wanted something, I would just steal it. I would just take it. But now I'm I'm gonna stop stealing because I'm trying to be I'm tr- I'm trying to be this new creature that God has offered, that Christ has paid the price for me to be. But I'm not just going to stop stealing. I'm going to start working hard with my hands, a job, not just to take care of my own needs, but so that I can give to those who need. And so Jesus was teaching us two things in this parable about you don't weave new material into old cloth and you don't put new wine into old bottles. Jesus was teaching us that God weaves people into the ancient things of the spirit when they're ready. And God as the master is always getting us ready to be woven in to these ancient things that are spiritual and powerful. And we must be willing to stay in the process. And secondly, God can't put his new wine into our old lifestyle. So we must die daily and put on our newness. We need to die daily and put on our newness. And then God can fill us with that new wine of the Holy Spirit. I hope that you've enjoyed learning these things today from the Word of God. I certainly enjoyed learning about them. Thank you for joining me today. Have a blessed day.